Hello, everybody. It's Pastor John, Living Discipleship Ministries, and welcome you back to the Living Discipleship Ministries podcast. Uh, this is the Thursday, March 16th uh, version here. We're trying to cut out two a week. We're trying to drop them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was a little behind this week. Uh, Tuesdays didn't come out till yesterday, but that's all right. We uh, have a little little bump in the road here and there, but uh, this is the Thursday, March 16th edition. <coughs> so... 316 and i thought in honor of uh, 316 we would just go back and revisit john 316 and uh, just for a kind of another little educational little food for thought um, process here um let me go ahead and read it john 316 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so, so many people are familiar with that. That's kind of one of the cornerstones or the cornerstone of the gospel message here that he sent his son down here. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Sent his only son down here to walk with us on this earth. You know, God in human form and in flesh and blood to suffer the emotions we suffered, the pain, the hunger, the tiredness, the fatigue, everything. He come down in human form, and he was the only person ever walked this world sin-free. He did nothing wrong, sin-free. And, and the world condemned him, judged him, imprisoned him, beat him to where it says he was unrecognizable on the cross, and killed him, crucified him. And we sit around and we talk about all the injustices that's done in the world today. And we talk about the little bit of suffering that we do. And why is God doing this to me? And all these things. And, and we tend to forget the struggle that Jesus went through. And, and Paul says, if I suffer for the name of Christ, it, you know, it is honor and glory for me to suffer as Christ did. And we're not suffering a fraction of what he suffered on that cross or in his walk you know we talk about what's right and wrong what's true and what's not and and uh how the world should be well yeah the world should be a lot of ways but you know next time we're sitting here in our little self-pity and all this we just need to think about you know what christ suffered on the cross which you know and then god the father giving his only son to sacrifice for a bunch of ungrateful wretches like us to start with we're not grateful for anything. We're all the time complaining about something. All the time. And and you know, we got we look what Jesus did for that. Look what God did for that. We're not thanking God for the very breath we take every morning when we wake up. We're complaining because it's too hot, too cold. We gotta go to work. We don't have a job. Whatever it is, you're never happy with whatever it is. You always find a reason every day to be upset about something. And not thankful for the fact that you're not going to burn in hell for eternity because the blood of Christ has covered you if you're a believer. We so often forget that and take it for granted. And yet he still does it. He still forgave us. He still gives us opportunity to to repent and move forward. And it's just, it's unbelievable how, how we are as, as flesh and blood. But... You know, it brings us to another point. Um, I had a gentleman point out to me the other day. He was just talking to me about, you know, uh, sometimes these uh, revelations come to us, you know, as Christians. And we just we see these things and we have these thoughts and 
we go in the word and we begin to study and, and learn and, and, you know, our eyes are open to uh, new scriptures, new things, new beginnings, uh, new revelation, so to speak. Um, you know, when we go and uh, we go into the store these days and uh, we look in the jewelry and there's these bright, shiny gold crosses, silver crosses, these necklace and jewelry, and it's all perfect and square and right and pretty and you know, everybody knows, oh, if you see a cross, that must be a Christian, you know. And then you go into these craft sales and stores and online, and there's all these decorative crosses with all these designs and all these little sayings, you know. Some of them are lit up. Some of them are painted real pretty. And then there's some that have a picture of the man that's supposed to be Jesus on there. And, and most everyone you see, they got him depicted as a white man with long brown hair and a mustache and a beard. And they show his skin on him, and uh, they'll show maybe the nail in his feet, and they might show the nails in his hands. Maybe there's a little bit of blood drawn on the on the thing, and you know. Um, and this is not that it's inherently bad that we recognize the cross and we, you know, wear the cross as a sign of our Christianity and all. But let us not lose focus of what happened on that cross. That cross was not pretty. That cross was not all prim, proper, and straight. It was a killing device that they used. It was a torture device. It was not something that we took pride in. It was not something that was regard highly regarded. It was a torture device that was designed and used to kill people. Okay? And then when, when we go and we buy these crosses and they have this picture of this man on it, you know, for whatever reason, you know, that they put skin color. It's always white. Sometimes you see one that's black. Sometimes you see one that's tans. I mean, you know, you see all kinds, but the majority are, are white on there. And, you know, word is, it's pretty much guaranteed that, that, that Jesus wasn't white. I hate to bust your bubble for some of y'all that are insistent upon that, but he wasn't white. Um, pretty convinced of that. And the, um, the fact that you can recognize that face of that man and that unblemished body on that cross, that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says he was unrecognizable, that he was beat. He was cut to the bone. He was bloody. He was covered. It was nasty. It was ugly. It was horrible. And then we have this pretty intact Jesus on here. So this guy just pointed out. You know, is that a form of idolatry that we're looking at that cross and hanging that cross? Because, and we're not necessarily worshiping it, but we're holding it in high regard. And it's not a true depiction of what it is. You know, this, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that it's wrong to look at the cross or wear the cross or anything. I just, you know, he kind of brought this to my attention. And I'm like, you know, let us not lose focus. Let's, let's not, not lose focus on what that cross actually is. You know, it was a killing device, a torture device. That man that's on that cross, you couldn't recognize him. He, I mean, sometimes I think that what I'm getting to is I think that us looking at that cross and seeing those things, it kind of makes us take lightly what actually happened on that cross. Maybe it kind of jades our mind a little bit. And then you go and you watch a movie like The Passion of the Christ or something like that, and you see it, 
And it kind of brings it home. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can't watch that. I don't want to see that. Well, you know, if when you were going to sin and go against the word of God, when you were going to take the Lord's name in vain, when you were going to turn on God and go do what made you happy, and you think about if you could watch that little section of that movie and see what he went through instead of looking at this prime pristine cross with this intact human body on it, maybe it might bring it home a little bit of just what God went through, just what Jesus did so that you could be this sinful person and be saved. Not so that you could go on sinning, but so that you could be saved, you know, maybe it would cause us to think twice about it. So, yeah, you know, if we could, if we could see that, that scene in that movie when we were thinking about sinning, we might change our mind. If we had any, you know, the Bible says that uh, light cannot coexist in dark. You can't have dark and light in the same room. It's either dark or it's light, you know? So it's just these things we kind of, in my opinion, we lose sight of because we glorify the cross. We glorify the image. There's people that make money on it. There's people that, you know, are, or wearing it, and it's not wrong, it's not It's not bad, I'm not trying to say if you wear your necklace with the cross on it, I'm not saying that, you shouldn't, I'm just saying that we need to maybe take a step back, this guy just kind of give me a little uh, insight, a little revelation, so to speak, if you will, that, that maybe we've uh, lost sight of what the cross actually is, and what actually happened there, I mean, scripturally we know spiritually we know but you know physically when we look at the depiction of it more times than not it's not a true depiction of what actually happened there therefore it might kind of lead us to kind of take lightly what happened and not really you know count in you know how just how bad that really was i mean it it's uh, i've used this saying before it's the greatest worst thing that could ever happen you know the greatest thing because we got our salvation from it, but it was a terrible thing that happened on there. An innocent man who had not ever sinned at all was convicted and killed on that cross, you know, and those people that convicted him were lying. They're liars. They were filled with the spirit of the Antichrist. Like it says, it's already among us. And you know what? Lord knows they're among us today. You know, they, they lie through their teeth. They they come up with these obnoxious stories. And, you know, what's even worse is the people that just believe it. It says you have to be strong in faith. You have to be strong in your in your discernment or you can be blown by any wind. You can be blown by any wind that comes by. You know, you, you can be a spiritual person. You can be a, a God-fearing person. You can be looking at a at a pastor or a brother or sister in Christ. You know, and then and then if the first fool that comes up and has something negative to say causes you to go off the rails, you need to re-examine your spiritual walk. You need to re-examine your faith. You need to re-examine your spirit of discernment, especially if we've already been suspecting that that person was a wolf in sheep's clothing to start with. If you've already caught somebody in lies and deceit and deception, if you've already caught somebody acting out as an unbeliever, if you've already caught somebody not showing the love of Christ and showing that they, they're not accepted Christ and they're over here doing bad stuff, 
than how when they rise up against a man or a woman of God or rise up against your church, why is it you just believe what they say and wash your hands and walk? You know, because what if during the days of, of the persecution of Jesus, what if the days leading up to the crucifixion, all the apostles had to just walked? Everybody that Jesus had ever ever healed would have said, oh, listen, did you hear what they said about him? Oh, he's the king of the Jews. He's a sinful man. Really? What did we do? Oh, we don't really know, but we got to kill him. You know, those people, what if they all turned their back? You know, but the people stood steadfast. The people continued for thousands of years and still to this day, people are suffering. For the name of Jesus Christ. People are suffering for what happened on that cross. People are being saved because of what happened on that cross. Don't let these buffoons sent by the devil, who it says in scripture has been sent to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let these fools blow some foul words in your ear and you just buy into it and let the wind blow you whichever way. Let it blow you out of your faith. You know why these things happen? Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you out of the church. He wants you separated from that man of God. He wants you separated from that ministry. He wants you separated from that place where fruit is being produced and souls are being saved and lives are being changed and hearts are being won for Christ. And he wants you out of it. So he's going to blow some foul stench around. And if you buy into it, that's on you. If you buy into it, you have fallen for a trick, for a lie of the devil. Because in your heart, you know better. In your heart, compare the one speaking the blasphemy to the one that's being spoken about. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit bore by each one and tell me where you're going to stand. You know, that's what so many people lose sight of. Whichever foul wind blows, they just go with the word of the day. And they forget everything they knew. Just like when they crucified Jesus on that cross. They threw everything out and they went with what the world told them because it was a popular thing. They were deceived. But like it says in scripture, God uses all things, both good and bad, for his purposes, for those that are righteous. Jesus had to die on that cross or we'd all be burning in hell because his blood covers our sin. He was the ultimate sacrifice, the only, the lone sacrifice for all of mankind, for those that had gone before, those that were there then, those were that were yet to come. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, that stuff that happened on that cross was for you and me, and we weren't even thought about yet. And then you're going to let just some foul wind, some little antichrist spirit, some little devil some little pawn, some little weak-minded individual come by, blow some foulness in your ear, and you're going to throw it all down the tubes. All of the work that could have been done, all of the work that had been done, down the tubes. When you should know better. As a Christian, you should know better. You know the scripture. You've seen. You've heard. You've felt the power. You've felt the presence. And it's all right, though, because we all get fooled from time to time. We all get caught up in our feelings. We all get caught up in our weaknesses. The, the, the Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I get it. We get angry. We get hurt. We get mad. We get upset. 
And, but that's what the devil dwells on. That's what he plays into. That's what he looks for. He wants to take that moment, that moment of confusion, that moment of misunderstanding, that moment of doubt. And when you open that door, he wants to jump in as a roaring lion and pounce on it and fill your head full of nonsense and cause a separation. Because if he can shut it down now, the hundreds and thousands of people that would have been touched won't be touched because you got knocked out of the game. And he comes into church. He come right up in the church. He come right up in your midst. He ain't scared. That devil ain't scared. He's already got Jesus thrown up on that cross. You understand what I'm saying? You think he's scared of you? You think he's scared to throw you on there? He manipulated the minds of people and caused the son of God to get on that cross. He's not scared to put you on that same one. But see, we already know the story. We already know the outcome. Those that believe upon him shall be saved. Romans 10, 13, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those that believe in him, John three sixteen. that those whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He knows that. But if he can break that spirit in you, if he can break that train of thought in you, he's going to own you. You're going to be down there with him burning in hell in the lake of fire from now on. And all of those souls that you would have brought are gone. They're going to be down there with you because of one little piece of foulness he blew into your hair and let you let you compound on this is why it is important that we stay prayed up we stay in faith we stay in the word we analyze everything we ask god for discernment and when we realize we've messed up we ask for forgiveness and move forward we don't dwell in the past we don't go on to these things you don't Go around starting a bunch of nonsense. You don't try to, because see, once he gets you that, then you go around with your nonsense, then you are doing the same thing to everybody else that they did to you. You've now become a spirit of the Antichrist. John 6, chapter 6, verse 66. And it says that that was the point when many of them turned away. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Don't you think it's ironic that that's John 6, 66? Because in Revelations, it says that that's the uh, the uh, mark of the devil. That's the number of the devil. See? So, he will use anything he can. He tried to get Job to do it. He tried to get Job to turn. He kept afflicting Job and, and surrounding Job with people. But Job never lost faith. He got mad. He had questions. But he never lost faith. You know, because what happened on that cross was not some gold-plated, glorified thing. Yes, it was great, but, but that image we look at every day, that's not what was on there. If you want to look at a pretty image, we ought to be wearing necklaces with the empty tomb on them. That's what we ought to be wearing. Because the cross was a killing machine. It was ugly. We pay all this money for these decorative crosses, and sometimes we lose sight of what really happened. Therefore, when we want to go forth and sin, we want to have transgressions. We want to go against the word of God. We want to turn against God's people. We want to start running our mouth against God's people and and, and believe whatever we hear and act on it. Maybe it's because that cross is just a little too shiny today when you go in the store. Maybe the man that's on that cross is just a little too pretty, and maybe we lose sight of what it meant. Maybe we lose sight. Maybe that's why we can worry about 
the suffering in our lives because he just looks pretty up on that cross, that little gold-plated, perfectly honed-out cross. He's just got four little holes. You don't really see the truth. Therefore, we start thinking our suffering is greater than his, and we start questioning Jesus, and we start turning on Jesus because it's a tool of the devil. You see how you could expand and go somewhere with this? Maybe we just need to think about it. Now, I'm not against the cross. Not you know, Don't come up on me. I ain't against crosses. I'm not against all that. I'm just saying food for thought. It was brought into my head. It was given to me. Now I'm giving it to you. Just something to think about. Something to study on. Something to read about. Something to something to wonder wonder with. While we're just, you know how sometimes you're just in the Bible and you're trying to come up with a question. You're trying to come up with something to to think about and read about. You know that's that's how it is with me anyway. And that's I love it when people come up to me with random stuff like that. Just food for thought. But anyway. You know, don't don't let yourself be blown any which way. Stand on the faith. The Bible says you can judge men by the fruit. It doesn't say anywhere in there you can judge a man by what other men say, especially foolish, ungodly, godless men who don't do what they're supposed to do, who stand and lie, who try to live on deceit, who try to build a life and, and be something they're not. And, and go around, you know, skirting the door and, and not following the rules and doing stuff. Don't listen to them when they start telling you what somebody did or didn't do. Don't let that, especially when it concerns the church and it concerns your faith. Because that ain't nothing but a tool of the devil. They walk right up in your midst. And just don't, don't let them do that to you. Don't let them break you. And don't get to looking at that cross thinking that was something pleasant. And losing sight of just exactly what was done on there. Stay in the faith. Stay in the word. Stay prayed up. Stay armored up. Stay in the company of like-minded people. Go to church on Sundays. It says in Hebrews, don't neglect to gather together. There is power in that gathering. You know, you need to be surrounded by like-minded people. You might think you're good watching TV. You might think you're good spending your alone time with Jesus. And, and you, you might be. But I'm just telling you, you're missing out on so much. You're, you're opening doors. You're, you're being weakened. You're not as strong as you think you are. Yes, you got God in your life. Yes, you're in contact. Yes, you're in prayer. Yes, you're in the Word. But it don't neglect to gather together. It, it, uh, you'll be amazed at the, the difference it does make. But anyway, we appreciate you joining us here today. I know this is kind of another little odd podcast, but I just thought John 316, since it's 316, we might just, in honor of March 16th, we'll just review 316 there. So that we don't get opportunities where things line up like that very often. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to this thing in the description. If you look on the lower left, there's a little uh, tab to support the show. It's a new thing, a new tool they've given us to uh, help us uh, support this thing financially. If you want to click on there, you can uh, see your options there if you'd like. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or topics you'd like to discuss, email us at livingdiscipleshipministries at gmail.com. Meantime, uh, just share this thing as much as you can. Invite your friends to it. We need to try to grow the audience so we can spread the gospel. And until next time, God bless y'all.